Looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events? We've got the spot. Our partner, StubHub, has been the leading ticket marketplace in the world for over 20 years, providing a 100% guarantee with every order. From a worldwide selection of live events, the widest choice of tickets and industry-leading partnerships, StubHub has what you need to purchase with confidence. StubHub, an official partner of The Athletic. Welcome back to another episode of one of these years. It feels like it's been a year, Colton, since we <laughs> since we've talked. I'm of course Nick Bombarder along with Colton Pouncey. Um, Lions Bills on Thanksgiving. That was a long time ago. Here we are, about a week removed. Uh, hope folks enjoyed their Turkey Day. Um, a, 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 a tough loss, Colton, but also like one of those where it's I don't know. I mean, it was one of those again where people got mad. Yeah, and a lot of the decisions, and we've been over that. And but it was also like yes, and I tweeted after the game, and you wrote about it too. And we're going to talk about some mock draft stuff and some other things here today as well. But to to just to stick on that game first, because well, we should put a bow on that. You know, it was one of those where yeah, I mean, Dan Campbell had some issues in that game, and I tweeted afterward. You know, there's development going on across the board with the Lions. It's really impossible not to see it. You have to kind of look for it if you don't want, <laughs> if you're trying not to see it. But that development also includes Campbell, and it also includes the staff, um, specifically him, with some of the decisions and everything else. And that has to continue growing along with this. But overall, they, you know, Josh Allen looked like he was about to faint after the game that they survived a test for the Lions. They yeah. played one of the best teams in football to the wire game all they all they wanted, and you know, you're a couple plays short, but. You can be mad about that, but you can also see the the silver lining in it, and I think that um, it's an interesting time because the Lions are probably at a point where you still need to see the see the silver lining, but it's not going to be too much longer to where you can start to get a little bit more mad, maybe about some of those things. I don't know. What was your take on the whole Thanksgiving game? Yeah, I think I said last week that uh, Campbell's kind of playing with house money for this game, and a little bit, yeah, <laughs> that proved to be a little bit wrong. A little bit, and I, yeah, because I was like, yeah. he is and he isn't. You know, you never really have house money. Right yeah. in the NFL, I think we know that. I, you know, honestly, like if they went that that whole game without the sort of clock management, whatever you want to call it, decision making down the stretch that right. kind of became the storyline, I still think it would have been mm-hmm. you know, people would be less mad with the, even with the loss. But right. I think some of that had to play into, I guess, the feeling that it left after that one. Um, and again, like you're playing the Bills, that's a Super Bowl contender. Um, like Josh Allen, for a lot of that game, looked kind of pedestrian. Like he had his moments, obviously, but. He didn't look like, you know, Josh Allen right. for a lot of that game. And I think that's a testament to the Lions defense and coming through and stepping up in some ways. Um, but at the same time, you know, I get it. Like, you want to see some of those wins eventually. And I think people are tired of, you know, they were tired weeks ago. And then they went on a three-game winning streak. Um, and now you're back here and you're losing a, a close game. I get it. That that everything was, was set up for this sort of statement game. Right. If you're able to pull that one out. On Thanksgiving, you got the spotlight to yourself. Everyone's watching. You were leading for some of that game in the fourth quarter, and then you just let it slip away. I get it. That's frustrating. Um, but at the same time, like what they do from here matters more than yes. that game to me because you've got a stretch here where you've got the Jaguars coming into town. That's a 4-7 and seven team. Like You can beat them. You should beat them. If you don't beat them coming after, you know, on the heels of that Bills game. Exactly. That's that would be more detrimental to me and to the progress. So, the Bills game is tough. Like I get it. Like people are frustrated, but it's it's what you do from here that's going to define you the rest of the season. And they've got an opportunity to attack on some more wins. And if they don't, that would be an issue to me. Yeah, hundred percent. Because it's you know it, you have the Bills game isn't irrelevant, and the the win and the or I'm sorry the loss and the fact that they played them tough can also be separated out as things that are good here. But I I almost feel like if they had won that game, um. They, they would have been setting up a portion of the fan base for the Charlie Brown football poll because there would have been people that would have been like, oh, the Lions are a playoff team. And it would have I been mean, like, well, be five and six. Right. Coming in town, right. So. And it's like, well, no, <laughs> like they're, they might not be a playoff team because like Jacksonville and the Lions, this is a great, you know, this is a great test here for both sides, I think, in a, in a, or a super interesting game because you said it, Colton. It's a winnable game for the Lions. Winnable game for the Jaguars. Jaguars are a super young team with a lot of young talent, just like the Lions, and they're playing 
playing well. They're playing confident football. Mm-hmm. And frankly, you know, as the year has gone on, the Jaguars have probably in some in some points of the season been better than Detroit. I think it's gone back and forth, right? We would say, what are the records about even? I think they're both four and seven. Four and seven. So I mean, they're right. They were in similar spots when the year started with the draft picks. You know, right? Everything else. Uh, they have different issues, of course, with, you know, the Jaguars have a better answer at quarterback right now long term and all this. But you're in a similar spot. And it's like, this is this is their peer. The, you know, the Jaguars right now in the NFL are a, are a good, young, hungry, starting to be well-coached again, you know, with a better staff football team. And the Lions, I think that we, we think that they're the same thing. I think that we think they're a good, young, hungry football team. That's starting to be well coached, not always, <laughs> right? But it's like <laughs> the Bills game to me was like now you're testing yourself against the, the best of the league. If they'd won that game, there would have been people who'd have been like, "Well, the Lions can make a playoff push here," Let, and if they don't, they're losers and blah blah blah. Let's, they're failures. But this, mm-hmm. you said it, Colton. This game here to me is kind of like where are you at? Because this is still one where the 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 the, the youth out there is going to create a situation where we're really going to get to see that competitive. Who has it and who doesn't? Because it's not going to be like, we're the underdogs and nobody, you know, no, like you should probably win this game at home. And it's not going to be easy to do, but it's going to be disappointing, fairly so for everyone if you lose it. Absolutely. And that's different. That's different. And they've earned that right. They've earned the right to have that, I think. But it comes with another challenge. And that's why this is now, I think, really interesting. I think the Lions are favored in this one. How about I would assume they are. Let me see. I don't even know. I mean, maybe there's been yep. another one in here somewhere. Lines by way, lines by one is the current line. Uh, so not not by ton, but their favorite. But hey, I mean that sets it up right. Vegas is thinking what we're thinking. That's yeah. I can't remember the last time they were favored. Game. Was it the maybe the the Seahawks game where they favored in that one? Uh oh, maybe maybe that's why people were so. That mad. was before we knew this. <laughs> yeah, that was before right. Gino became Gino and all this stuff. Then, so. Yeah, and after we were like, I mean, the Seahawks actually look pretty good, guys. But yeah. Okay. <laughs> So, I mean, and I, I, I agree with you, and I think that's something that Campbell's been saying all week. Like, he's almost been trying to yep. warn us in these press conferences, like, hey, this is, this is a good team. They've got oh, some yeah. talent. They're starting to turn a corner a little bit. They're playing well. Trevor Lawrence is looking really good yes, of late. really good. Um, and that's a team that can beat you, like, if you don't come to play. Like, I think the one thing we've seen with these, these games recently, like, you go on the road against New York, um, you get up to play for that one. Mm-hmm. Players said they woke up thinking they were going to win. Um, you know, they had the expectation going into it. Probably it was heightened by a playoff team and being on the road in that yeah. environment. Then you come home against Thanksgiving, on Thanksgiving against the Bills team that everyone knows is a Super Bowl contender, and you get up to play those guys. Right. So the one question I have is, can they do that again, this time as a favorite at home against a team that a lot of people expect the Lions to beat? But it's not going to be as easy as maybe some of us are making it seem, just because this oh, Jaguars no. team has got some talent. Um, they've got some pieces that they're working with. They're, in a lot of ways, in a similar spot as the Lions. Like, I think it's easy for us to say, oh, the Lions played the Eagles tight. They played the Vikings tight. They played the Cowboys tight for, for most of that game. Um, and, and then the Bills, and just say, oh, yeah, well, the Lions should have should be better than the record indicates, right. so they're, they're going to win this game. But if you don't come to play, like, you can get your ass kicked on any given Sunday. And, like, this is the NFL. We know that. So that's my one concern. Can these guys, like, you know, get whatever they were going through to kind of get up for the moment against some of those other yeah. games? Can they do it again against a lesser, quotation, lesser opponent um, at home in a game you're kind of expected to win, especially coming off that Bills game? It's funny, the games, um, you know, when the schedule comes out, the games that the fans always circle. Uh, <laughs> and, right? the, and the Well, no, just the games that they circle is, like, that they're interested in. Right? Oh, okay. Like, yeah, yeah. like uh, well, hey, they're playing the Packers on this day, or they're playing at Chicago. And I'm always like, well, the games I'm interested in, the games of people are... Because this right here, Lights Jaguars, was the one that I circled when the season started. Oh. I said, <laughs> after Thanksgiving, we're going to know quite a bit about where they're at, right? We would figure... Mm. that's a that, We talked about that last week. This is a point that Thanksgiving time is... We're going to know where they're at as a team. Jacksonville, you know, same situation as the Lions in terms of uh, young teams starting over. So it was going to be, I knew, I had a, I had a feeling, and I think we all did, that the Jags were going to be a better team this year. Uh, after the Urban thing was over, they have a better coaching staff in there now, and everybody, most importantly, knew that Trevor Lawrence was going to do this. Like, everybody who knew Trevor Lawrence saw this coming. Yeah. So I was... Yeah. 
very curious to see where both these teams would be. And this is a game, like we just said, Colton, it's one of the only ones on the schedule when you looked at it at the top and you said, they're probably going to be, if, if, if everything goes how we think it's going to go, they're either going to be favored or that's going to be like a pick them at home. Yeah. And if they don't win it, that's going to be a different kind of pressure and a different kind of challenge. And it's going to be sneaky and low key and it's going to fly under the radar for a lot of people. But like this is r- right here. These are the games where you learn how to win in the NFL because you're supposed to win it. You should win it. And yep. this is the challenge and the test because the Jaguars are in the same spot coming coming back the other way where it's like Doug Peterson and those guys are telling them, like, you got to go take it here. Like, this is a game where you look, you look, they're a young, yeah. hungry group just like you. You're not surprising anyone anymore. You're not, oh, the scrappy, you know, little engine that could. Like, you've got to graduate on from that in this league. This isn't. You know, the Big Ten or someplace where you can just play that role and just be a team that upsets people now and again. No, no, no. You have to keep going forward. And so, for me, huge, like, chance to test yourself against a team that seems to have the same track that you seem to be on. And I think that we've praised the Lions quite a bit here the last couple weeks. I think it's been earned. But now that that pressure kind of goes back up. And I think that's only fair. Yeah, Jared Goff spoke to reporters in the locker room yesterday, and I think he was asked, how close are you guys to turning the corner here? And Goff immediately was like, we've turned the corner. Like, we turned yeah, it Yeah, that's fair. And mm-hmm. for me, it's like, I, I, agree to the, I agree with that to some extent. Like, the three-game winning streak more corners to turn, though. Showed a lot. <laughs> yeah. There are more corners, yes. Uh, the three-game winning streak did a lot for just locker room, um, just the atmosphere in there, like, believing you can win, like all that stuff is good for a young team. Um, But for me, it's like, if you really turn the corner, these are the games that you're supposed to come back out and emphatically win, in in my Mm -hmm. opinion. Like, I know it's going to be a close game because it's the NFL and teams, rosters are are close and everything. But, um, you know, especially coming off the Bills game where we can give you a pass for that. Like, we get it. That's a tough team. But if you don't come back the next week at home against a fellow 4-7 and team and, you know, do your thing and win that game, you know, have you really turned the corner then? Uh, yeah. Like, that's a step back. And what 100%. Campbell said after the game, I didn't feel like this was a step back after the loss of the Bills. Mm-hmm. A step back, in my opinion, would be a loss of the Jaguars. Mm-hmm. So, in a lot yeah. of ways, there's more pressure on them this time than last week. So. Yeah, I mean, right. It's all on how things go, right? Like, I mean, Trevor Lawrence is at a point where I'm – he's surging. And he's at a point, I think, where as a young quarterback, it wouldn't be impossible, you know, for to be to see a situation where the Lions go in there and play really good football – and get beat by Trevor because he decides I'm going to be a superstar this day. However, unless that's the case, like Colton's saying, like any other circumstance would probably be, yeah, a disappointment. Like, because you've got what you need to beat that team in every other, every other spot. Like ETN's a nice back. Okay, cool. You've got nice young defenders who can chase him down. Like all the stuff. The one thing would be if Trevor decides to, he's going to graduate to Mr. X Factor quarterback here, you know, like that would be the one but if that doesn't happen and he just plays like he's been playing, that's you, you know, that's you still have enough to beat him. And so yeah. it's a definitely it's a different game with a different feel uh and one that I think is coming along at the right time for this group. Another thing um this week we want to talk about Colton um and we'll get into some um more notes, especially some Jameson Williams stuff maybe at the end here cuz I know you spent some time uh, watching him and he is back. Did he practice last week? They did not practice because of the Thanksgiving, right? Let's they had a making few, this like, short practice. Okay. We weren't there for them. We'll talk about him in a minute, um, or a little bit here. We did uh, our first mock draft, drafts, I guess we'll say, of the year, um, mm-hmm. of the season, we'll say. Because <laughs> I think we probably did some in January, to be fair. So probably our 18th <laughs> mock draft of the year. Yeah. But the first 2023 version um, that we really spent time on, of course, Dane Brugler, our draft guru, has also um, done his first, first round mock uh, of the season, which is always... Important always sets betting lines, as we always say for Dane. <laughs> Dane always resets like Vegas lines whenever this thing comes out. But I, I, we'll talk about Dane's in a second. First, Colton, um, the exercise that we went through, and folks can read it on the site if they haven't already. Um, you know, we went through a couple scenarios, right? Could you trade up for a quarterback? Could you stay? You know, all these different things. When we were going through the whole, I guess, process, what were some of the biggest maybe takeaways? You know, for you, I've had a lot of people that have said, you know, like, especially as golf has continued to play well, and that's a that's a continuing conversation. Like, I'm not sure about this quarterback thing. What what was your biggest takeaway? You know, when we went through the whole thing. Um, 
if you want a quarterback, like in a lot of cases, you're gonna have to pay to get one. Yeah. Um, yeah, that was we expensive, drafting, right? Yep. Yep. Where we were drafting at, at six because um, mm-hmm. we did this on Friday before Sunday's games, and they moved up. Um, so some of those scenarios, like trading up to number one to go get Bryce, like we sacrifice a lot of assets and yeah. th- I don't even know if that would get it done in the real world. Might, I don't know. You're right. Yeah. Might have to Important throw to in another second round pick or something. Yeah. Um, and so I'm looking at that draft and I'm like, okay, cool. Like we both agree that Bryce is QB one in this draft. Mm-hmm. Um, getting a guy like that can set you up for the future. You have a young quarterback to build around all that stuff. It's, it's, it's good. And we all know that. Right. But I also wonder like this team is not a quarterback away. Like they, they have a lot <sighs> of holes true. they still need to fill. And so when you, I get the idea of, you know, you have to trade some assets to get a guy like that. But at the same time, it's like, how much are we sacrificing the depth that we could be building, um, other roster holes that we could be filling? So that was kind of going through my mind during the process. Um, you know, we had the other scenario where we traded up for C.J. Stroud at three. Hmm. And now the Lions are actually in three. And I'm not right. even sure if I would take him no. at three. <laughs> Probably <laughs> so, not. Yeah. You know, some of those scenarios, it's just like. Man, like these are kind of bleak. Yeah, <laughs> um, more so than I thought. With the quarterback, so, yeah, yeah, anticipating going into it. Um, and again, this exercise, like I don't, I think people were kind of confused with it. Like we said, <laughs> we're trying to get a quarterback. Like that's what the right. Whole that's what your yeah, idea here. I think most people get it. There's some people that don't. That's fine. yeah. Um, <laughs> but honestly, like going through that, I think that just like reaffirmed for me, like at this point in time. Like, I, I've watched golf play the last five games. He's got one turnover mm-hmm. the last five games. Probably should have a couple more that were yeah. just dropped or whatever. But he's not take losing care of the football. He, yep. He's not losing them games. Um, he's not winning them, but he's not mm-hmm. losing well, them. So, yeah. you know, if you can, you know, build around him, he's going to get Jameson back. Maybe you add some pieces around him. Um, you go defense heavy early. You get some impact players on this defense. Like, I mean, they're already competitive. Like, what, what does that do for the team next year? Especially oh, yeah. You fill in some holes with free agency too, like spend a little you money. You stack like, spots if you wanted yeah. to right now. Yeah. So I, I think for going through that process, like I even said when we when we were attempting to trade up to three um, to get CJ, I was like, it's kind of it's got to be tempting to just do this and get Jalen Carter, right? <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. I said right. that to, I think we said that on Slack, and I was like, well, we'll take CJ just for the the point of the yeah. exercise. But now they're at three. Hmm. Uh, they could get Jalen Carter, like, where they are now if, if things stay with the Rams pick. So, it's interesting, man. Like, I get both sides of it. I get wanting a quarterback. But also, it's got to be so tempting to go defense, defense, and just finally say, we are investing in this side of the ball that we have neglected for years. Right. So. My biggest takeaway was about what I was what I thought it was going to be and I guess what I think it needed to be for the Lions and that, that they're in a terrific spot. Here, Mm -hmm. like a terrific spot. Um, The Rams are imploding, as we have documented on this show (laughs) a few times, and it's getting worse. Aaron Donald, add him to the list. It's getting worse, and it looked uh, Sean McVay almost got his head taken off during the game last week. Um, Did you see that, the shoulder pad thing? Anyway, uh, so the Rams (laughs) are going, I mean, it's bad. And they, I mean, look like a team that, to me, it's a veteran team that it, it looks like it's shutting down for the year. Um, I'm not sure how many more games we can just okay the Rams as wins. I mean, that, that looks like it could be a top five pick. No yeah. question about it, right? Like that, I mean, McVay's talking about shutting dudes down. So. Yeah, that looks closer to top five, maybe top three, than it does the back end of the top ten. Certainly going to be a top ten pick. Like, that's a top ten yeah. draft pick. No Easy. question about it. Yeah. And so you already at least have one of those. The Lions pick is probably still going to be, like, it could still be top ten. I mean, I'm not going to rule that out at all i still think it could be it could easily be a situation where the lions are sitting there at like three and eight okay if the lions are at three and eight (laughs) folks like this is you don't have to do anything you have to trade you sit there and exactly what colton just said you let houston take bryce young you let somebody else trade up to take whoever they want at quarterback or not and then you take the best whatever's left and you say if it's Will Anderson, it's Will Anderson. We have now we have Aiden Hutchinson and Will Anderson on our team. If it's a Jay, uh, if it's a Carter, then you say, now we have him on our team next to McNeil. That's yeah. what you do. And then at eight, you do whatever the hell you want. Like that's right. You take a corner. You take Ringo. You take whatever. And suddenly, if you want to take the defense and say we've turned this thing from a young 
uh, aggressive unit that's finding its way to a young aggressive unit that's finding its way that now has superstars, like multiple superstars on it, like pros, you know, future stars. And so I think that, you know, suddenly shows up and you look at the rest of the fact that you still have a pick at the top of the second round. Yeah. You can still get a court. That, that's a classic. We used to talk about that pick as, you know, um, I guess it won't be at the top anymore. It won't be at the very beginning, but it'll still be, depending on where the Lions finish, get a quarterback there if you want. Like, that's usually where teams find the guy that falls or the guy that they've been kind of monitoring. So they're kind of set up to do everything they want here is my biggest takeaway. It's like they, they don't have to rush or force the quarterback. Like, I think we've always thought about this. Like, I think when Brad Holmes first got here and they traded Stafford, Chris and I used to think about it like, okay, they're going to be really bad. And there's going to be a time where they're probably not going to have a choice but to go all in with the draft picks and just go trade for a quarterback. And that's probably going to need to happen in the first year or two. And they didn't do that. They decided to build the team first, which people at the time criticized them for. But, you know, I think that they've done a good job of that. And if this if this continues to go the way that we think it could with the draft picks, they're set up now to really have a very good football team that just sort of needs a quarterback to do his job and not put all the pressure on him, which would also be, I think, a great place for a young guy to learn. So yeah. to me, this is, I mean, am I am I reaching on any of that? But to me, this is, you're in a great spot. They are in a terrific spot. And that's why I think we were talking after they traded Hawkinson and Holmes was giving that presser. We were like, I think he wanted to just tell everybody, would you just shut up and let me get to the draft because we're going <laughs> to yeah. be okay? Like, this is why. And, yeah, that, that was my biggest takeaway. I'm surprised there was criticism um, of Holmes' decision to build the team first rather than go get a quarterback. I mean, There was. There was. I, I remember it. Yeah. I, I get it um, yeah. in some ways. Like, you get rid of Stafford, and now it's like, all right, who's next? Um, well, to be fair, the criticism was in specific fashion that I saw from a few people nationally was that this was going to be the case. They're going to have a team ready and no quarterback, and they're going to be lost. That was the critic, like the Colts. That's it. What? And yeah, because people look at these things as something that has just happened and they think the something else will automatically come and follow. And it's like when you're not studying something from the ground up, you miss all the nuance, of course. So as yeah. we're, yeah, we know that that's not the case, of course. Continue on. I was going to say, I mean, in some ways, like it's almost better to get the quarterback last. Um, sometimes, if it works the way you want like, it. Mm-hmm. Like if you can time it up perfectly. Like I thought what the 49ers did. Um, where yeah. they had a, a, a team in place that was ready to compete, and they thought they wanted an upgraded quarterback. Yep. Um, I know it didn't really work out, but I, I like the move to go get Trey well, Lance. Hasn't, because, you haven't thrown the towel in on that, No, though. not yet. No, he's just right. injured right now. I get 22, um, whatever he is. But, like, yeah, I mean, if Trey Lance becomes the player that he was drafted to become, sure. all of a sudden you've got this dynamic quarterback and a, 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 and you're loaded. a great defense. <laughs> yeah. You've got talent around him. You're, you can compete for a Super Bowl for the next five, ten years. Right. Like, That's how you build you gotta, a dynasty in this era. Yeah. With a quarterback on a rookie contract. Yeah. Like, he's cheap and inexpensive at that time. So I feel like if that was Brad Holmes' like vision, like, yeah, let him do it. Like, <laughs> give uh, him some exactly. time to get through. Exactly. And so what he's done, like, okay, we got Penny Sewell, like, first round. Mm-hmm. We're going to, you know, solidify our offensive line with this pick. Next year, we come back. We get Aiden Hutchinson. Like, we're finally building our defensive line out. Build from the trenches, then then expand outside. This year, we're talking about them getting, you know, one of the premium defensive players with number three, if they get that. And also, maybe a corner. Maybe both. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And so, even if they don't get, like, the quarterback in this draft, like, just building out the team to a point where you can say, hey, we're now we're a quarterback away from, like, really being able to take that next step. Maybe you can come back in 2024, and at that point, you're ready to, like, trade the farm. If you uh, need to, sure. If yeah. you need to. Yeah. Because uh, you have you have less holes at that point. So you can use this draft to kind of, I guess, address a lot of those issues and then come back next year. If you, if I know it's going to be tough. It's easier said than done. But that could be an option. Or how about this? This is something we haven't really considered. You draft a Jalen Carter at three. Mm-hmm. You draft Ringo or Porter Jr. Mm-hmm. at 13. Who's to say they can't trade back up to the first round? Yeah. And maybe Anthony Richardson is waiting there late first, and they trade a couple of those seconds or whatever. Right. Whatever right. It needs to, they need to make happen just to go back up and get him. Now, all of a sudden, you've got your quarterback of the future in this, like, toolsy, dynamic quarterback that yeah. if you develop him right can be 100%. Guy. He can be your Trey Lance. 
Um, yes, he could. And then you've got you've addressed defense with those first two picks. So I, the, the point is they have options. They can do oh, whatever yeah. they want, and that's a great spot to be in. So. It's a great. It's the best spot, and I and it was like it needed to go. Some things needed to happen. A couple reasons, you know, they needed to draft well. Number one, and he has, and I think that yeah. that's the biggest takeaway. Is that here we are again, week eleven of year two, and we're just not seeing a lot of boy that pick sucked. You know, we're just yeah. not seeing a lot of that, right? So he's drafted well. You did your part on that end. The other thing that needed to happen was these Rams picks. One of them needed to work out, right? Like one of them needed to be better than thirty-two or whatever it was. And yeah. so last year they won the Super Bowl. It's thirty-two. This year it certainly looks like it's going to work out. And so when they did this at the start, so much, and I should add in with the golf thing, so much of it was tied with his contract as a disaster. You have to get out of that. You're not going to be able to add and, and all this. And it was like, well, they're not going to want to add. They don't need to add. They can rework that contract, which they've done. And so they're now set up to be in a position to where they can add people in free agency this year if they want to. They have money to do it. And they will have money to rework and, and mess some things around if they need to. The best players on this team, like Colton just said, are all going to be on rookie contracts. They're all going to be young. And so you can start to foundation yourself a little bit more and start to branch out and start to turn the pressure up on everybody. And if you want to take a young quarterback in this draft, be it trade up for somebody like you know Richardson or sit there and wait and see if he falls or sit there and see how low you can get Hendon Hooker you know, or a guy like that, like, you know, this is a good draft to do that for quarterbacks. It's not a great quarterback draft. It's not the worst quarterback draft, though. And I think that that's important to note. Like, I mean, you know the draft, Colton. You follow it. There's a lot of guys after, like, four that are okay. They're not bad. They're not amazing. They're not like, oh, my God. But they're not bad, and they're guys that I think have potential to grow, unlike in years past where, where that – in between group would be like, oh God, well they're just none of them are good. <laughs> like they all <laughs> suck and yeah. none of them are gonna make it. That's not what this is. This is a little bit like what we saw last year, where there was a lot of guys in that like Ritter, a lot of guys in that weird range where you're like, I don't I like him, you know, like I don't love him right now, but yeah. I like him. And I think that you could grow with him. There's a lot of guys right now in college football like that. Not just this year, next year too. So you're not in a situation where you have to go like trade the farm. And Brad Holmes needed to get them out of a spot where that was going to have to be the case. And so kudos, I would say, to them for that. Because they've been very diligent. They've been very careful and patient. And they haven't made rash decisions or rash trades. I think they've thought about it a few times. <laughs> and they've come awfully close. And there have been mm -hmm. some things that maybe saved them from themselves a few times. But... That was my biggest – we go through this, and it was like, look at all this capital they have. I mean, and it all could work out exactly how you need it to, and teams could be calling you if you want. You know, like, I, you could do anything you want here, and I think that that's the thing. And you can start to find ways to stack talent on top of talent, um, which is something I guess I probably didn't think was ever going to be on the table at this point in the rebuild. So to me, they're probably about where they should be, and that's – it's hard to say this because, like, they're where they should be along the way here. But also, like, that's really impressive because of how horrible this was when it started and how easy it could have been to fall off. And I think that that's, like, the we talked about last week, that winning streak to go into Thanksgiving was huge. Yep. Little things along the way, the, the culture. I You can see some light at the end a little bit, right? Like, I yep. th when we do this mock draft for the first time, in three years, you can see a little bit of light at the end of it. That is another takeaway, I would say. Yeah. Just the winning streak, it, to me, it kind of validated some of the things that I saw in training camp where it's like, I know the roster isn't where it needs to be, but they've mm -hmm. got enough to where they should be competitive in a lot of these games. And eventually, if you're competitive in, in a lot of games, you're going to start winning some of those games. So it took some time for them to do it. But the three-game winning streak, okay, got you to four and six. You're four and seven now. You've got like a middle first round pick on your on your own. Yeah. You've got this Rams pick where you don't even have to root for your team to lose anymore. Like I'm sure that's different for Lions fans. You don't have to be like, oh, we won this game, but I'm mad because right. we're not, we're not we don't the pick that I wanted. Like, there's none of that this year, really. Yeah, man. Um, yeah, man. And these guys, like, 
these wins are helping these young players. It's going to set them up for the future. It's perfect. You don't have to tank. The, the Rams are tanking for you. Like, that pick is going to help you. Like, the, when we talk about them being just so set up right now, like, mm-hmm. that's what I think about. Just the stuff on the field, the stuff with the draft, yep. um, the prospects that are going to be available with either of those picks. You're going to get players that will help you. It's just a matter of which what you're targeting, what you're looking for, um, the guys that you're scouting out there right now. Um, you know, they're going to have some options here, and they can really do whatever yeah. they want. And not and, every team can say that. Like, there are very few teams that can say, I can no. do whatever I want in this draft. And I would add, they're not in a situation like in years past. I don't think corner is the, probably the one that we were both like, you have to go. There, there has to be an answer at corner in the first, you know, of those first three picks, you got to get a corner, right? That was it, really. There wasn't any other position where we were like, you have to take a guy, this guy here. I'm telling you, that was when we started this with Chris and I, with the Holmes thing, when we first started trying to break all this down, there was like 18 things. Like, you have to do this, you have to do this, or you can't, or you might as well just start over because yeah. you're not going anywhere until you do this, this, and this. Like, it's not like that anymore. You know what I mean? Like, they don't have to do anything. And I Malcolm think that, at yeah, linebacker, like, Kirby at safety. Yeah. And... The safety question's been answered. The linebacker question has been answered. I mean, enough to where I would say answered enough. You, you yeah. know, you can move on and. You just have to keep going. And I think that corner is the one, and to a degree that's kind of like for most teams in the NFL, that's always going to be a thing. That's a good spot to be in. I think that when you look at it like that, peel it all back, and you say there's just not a lot of places where you're like, man, they have to get a guy here. Tight end, I would say you probably need to invest somewhere along the way, but not like at five or whatever. There's not a gun-to-your-head need. And I guess that's the big difference and the fact that they're going to be in a position to really add talent. I, I'm i not sure the Lions have had a general manager play the board like this, um, Golden, in uh, my life. <laughs> if they're going to be in a pretty good spot here, I, I, I just I can't remember the last time. There's probably been some along the way, but these two premium picks, I'm not sure the Lions have had something like this. It's, I, I would Unless I'm missing something. This is why we need Chris around. As the historian here, but this is a great spot. And typically we see the Lions go through these eras of struggle where they suck forever because like they they don't ever have pit they don't ever have picks. They don't ever have the ability to do something like this. And and this was a plan. And I think that this is like this was the long-term deal. When we do these exercises, you can see that plan in its existence, I guess. I know I'm a newcomer, but it's still baffling to me like how bad the Lions were, like even like you know, a decade ago, things like yeah. that. It's like you had this franchise quarterback and you didn't build around him. Ugh. Like you had Calvin Johnson and Sue and like, how'd that not really work? Yeah, right. yeah. I don't, I don't know. I, I don't, some I of it was, some of it was the contract stuff messed up. I mean, there, and that's, there's some truth to that. Like Stafford was the last, what do they call it? Remember he was the number one pick and he was like, he was the last guy or one of the last guys and other people are yelling at their, or their car right now. Like whatever the rule was, but like before the slotted stuff, like Stafford was the highest paid player in the league or whatever. It's like a rookie or whatever. Like so, yeah, the contract exactly. and the cap and everything they did kind of get because they built that team. It was all high picks, and they all came up due at the same time, right? And it really was mm. not. But to your point, so though, the timing didn't work out. Then. It didn't. So we've this talked is about diff- that. Yeah, timing matters so much. Hundred percent. That's what I was getting to. Yeah, yeah. 100%. I mean, even this year when we're talking about quarterbacks, like. There are some people that aren't convinced that one of these guys is going to be, you know, the guy that can carry over the top, whatever. They all have their mm-hmm. risk that they carry. Um, but that's, you know, if there's a guy like Trevor Lawrence at the top, like, that's a, that's a no-brainer, you know? Like, right. I get it. Like, the prototypical quarterback discussion. Like, when you're trying to build a team, when we're talking about Brad Holmes, you know, building through the trenches first and then building out. And fitting like, it. Yeah. And fitting it all into one and making sure the timeline is right. That's... That's so important. I think yeah. that's just glossed over way too easily when we're yep. talking about building a team. But what you just described there, to me, sounds like poor timing, I guess. Yeah, well, and the difference is that I think you just nailed it. Like, right now, they're trying to build a team. They're trying to build. That was, yeah. they have a collection of really high draft picks, and they're just taking the best guys. And yeah. it's like, that's what that was. And they ended up having a really talented team that I think, you know, they got along. It wasn't like they didn't get along. But, like, could there have been better fits? Could they have had better, you know, this? Could could there have been better draft picks behind those guys? Yes. Sure. And I think yeah. that everything we're seeing from them now supports the idea that it's a full-on plan. There's a full-on plan here that goes beyond just, like, 
we're drafting the best guy at every spot and trying to get the hell out of out of hell, basically, yeah. which is what they were doing after 0-16. And, like, to be fair, you know, they were 0-16. All, all, all bets are off. Let's just get talent <laughs> in here and yeah. see what happens. And, I, you know, now you can see it that this is a plan. It still might not work. But, I mean, to this point, I, I have to say I don't think that there's a lot you can criticize in terms of that. Everything else has to go the way it needs to go. But here we are checking up 11 weeks into year two, and they're where they need to be, I think, in, in ahead of a really critical draft. All right, let's take a quick break here, and let's talk about Dane's uh, projection on the other side, and then we'll talk a little Jameson, uh, and then roll on out of here. So stay with us. We'll be right back. Are you struggling to close deals? Cold outreach is wasting the time of both the buyer and seller at every stage, especially when sellers are using shallow and outdated data. Your organization can overcome these challenges with technology that translates comprehensive, high-quality buyer data into real-time insights. These deeper insights empower sales reps and teams to adopt the habits of top performers, which leads to better outcomes, like more pipeline, higher win rates, and larger deals. We call this Deep Sales, and we've built the first Deep Sales platform with the next generation of LinkedIn Sales Navigator. Right now, you can try LinkedIn Sales Navigator and get a 60-day free trial at linkedin.com slash maze23. That is linkedin.com slash maze23 for a 60-day free trial. Let LinkedIn Sales Navigator help you sell like a superstar today. Just go to linkedin.com slash maze23 and get started. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. All right, everybody, we're back. Another episode of One of These Years. Talking some draft here. Uh, ahead of Lions Jaguars, actually, because I don't know. We're, I mean, I don't know if we want to break all of Lions Jaguars down. <laughs> I think it's draft season, ladies and gentlemen. And of course, Dave Brugler has his mock draft out. Colton, do you have? Uh, I'm pulling it up right now. Uh, I think he took. Did he take Carter number one? He took Carter, yeah, number, with yeah. the thir- third overall for the Lions. Yeah. So he did what we were more or less just talking about, right? Where it was mm-hmm. like, uh, and this is how Dane has the top. Five playing out. So he's got number one, Houston uh, taking Bryce Young. Number two, uh, the Bears taking Will Anderson. So that's good for Colton's Bears. That's pretty good. Uh, Lions. Not my Bears. Not my well, Bears. not anymore. Colton's hometown. Not my Bears. <laughs> Colton's hometown Bears, we'll say. <laughs> um, and then Lions stick at three with the Rams pick and take Jalen Carter, which pretty good. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> we'll get into it in a second. I mean. You've yeah. got Miles Murphy at four and then C.J. Stroud to the Panthers uh, at five. Uh, and then Lions' current projection on their pick would be 13, which is Joey Porter Jr. Uh, Dane actually has Keely Ringo uh, at 12 to the Steelers. So um, That was surprising to me. Yeah, I mean, a little bit. I mean, I think that that says a little bit about he really likes Christian Gonzalez. I think that he's got him ahead of Ringo. Yeah. Um, I think he understands correctly that those tackles are going to go before they probably should. Um, because teams need tackles badly. And Paris Johnson is one of those guys that, like, is really, really talented and is probably going to be good in the NFL but is not there yet. And you're not going to say he's a better prospect today than Ringo, but he's probably going to go higher, right? So that is something, right? 
Go ahead. I was just going to say the Steelers having their choice of a cornerback. Are we absolutely sure Tomlin wouldn't take Joey Porter just because of the, the bloodline? No. Like, that, that's his thing. <laughs> like, no, that's what not he does. at all. Absolutely. So, no. I don't know. Like, if he's there, I'm sure Tomlin's going to want uh, Porter. So, say. no, I don't I, Look, I don't dislike Joey Porter, and I think that's something yeah. we'll talk about in a second. But, like, Dane's thing on uh, Gonzalez, I think, is is mostly based on what he could be down the road. Like, yeah, he athletically is different. Like, his, um, I mean, shoot, his uh, sister is David Blau's wife, uh, the sprinter, the Olympic. What? Yeah, I did not know that. Yes, wow. um, they're related. So wow. David okay. uh, David Blau and Gonzalez are his brother-in-law, right? So yeah, so uh, yeah, yes, what, that what is could have been? that is the background, <laughs> right? Yeah, exactly. What could have been that yeah. is the athletic background we're talking about here with Christian Gonzalez. I mean, he is and he's long, and he doesn't have what we would probably say like Ringo is like the classically trained stud man corner who just, you're not beating that dude because he knows what he's doing and he's he knows how to play man coverage, right? Aaron Glenn would love that guy because mm-hmm. you do not have to tell him twice. I think that the job Georgia does with its corners of teaching them real world <laughs> how to play man coverage is better than anybody. And I think it's better than Saban right now. It's as good as it gets. So Ringo, if you're looking for a corner who's going to come in tomorrow and do it, it's him. Gonzalez is a guy that I think they look at as like, he could be something more down the road. He could be a guy that you move around. He could be like a hitter. He could be kind of like what Jeff could turn into, right? Like yeah. a real star type guy. Whereas Ringo, you're looking at and just he's a corner. And he's always going to be a really good corner. And I think that's the situation there. But hmm. either way, um, if the Lions were to stick it, yeah, I mean, <laughs> Jalen Carter, Colton, on this defense, could you Man. sort of walk us through what you think that could look like maybe a little bit? Yeah, I mean, he's just so explosive in the interior. Like, he has, like, game-wrecking ability up there. Um, yeah. I think when you're thinking about his fit with this defense, like, they've kind of rotated some dudes in next to Ali McNeil. Um, mm-hmm. We've seen Bugs in there. We've seen some of those other guys get get their chance. But to me, like, they, obviously they're missing Levi, but if you get a guy like that in there, he just opens up so much. Like he's going to help Aleem. He's going to help Aiden. He's going to help those linebackers. He's, if he's like creating pressure from the interior, he's going to give quarterbacks less time to throw. It's going to help your secondary. Um, so I think getting a defensive stud like that at three, like I know it's tempting to get a quarterback and some people might want Stroud there. I'm, I would take Carter over Stroud all day. Oh yeah. But (laughs) like, I just talk, I just look at that defense and what that defensive line could be. Like you'd have the best, Defensive interior, like young defensive interior, one of the best oh, in football yeah. with Aleem and Carter right there. Um, got Aiden on the outside. So, mm-hmm. I mean, it, it's tempting. It's tempting. Yes, it is. Um, I So, I think Jalen Carter is the most dominant force in this draft. I think that there's a chance he could go number one, um, just like Will Anderson. And, it, and I think that Dane... I think has long been of the Will Anderson's like long term future as a prospect is something that we maybe never haven't even <laughs> thought about yet because he's that special of mm-hmm. a player, and so I get that, and I think that that's why he's looked at as where, where he's looked at. But in terms of like right now dominance, get off the ball and knock somebody. It's Jalen Carter. Like he yeah. was the best. He was the most explosive, versatile, do-it-all, everything guy, defensive lineman Georgia had last year. And that included Davis and all those other dudes. Mm-hmm. Um, when you watch the tape and he unpacked it, and he didn't play as much, of course, but people couldn't do anything with him. And th- he got hurt on the first play of the year this year, I think. <laughs> That's what it was. Oh. He got injured on the very first snap. So up until these last couple weeks, and even now, I, I don't even know if people have seen the full version of him but like when they Watch played the Tennessee game when they My played God. Tennessee you saw it and I yeah. think that that's that's the that's the difference and Jalen Carter is a is a generational type knockback guy like you know I don't want to say he's Aaron Donald or whatever or Sue or whatever but like that's the type of impact we're talking about we're talking about Carter like that's a no doubter there's no question. He goes wherever he goes. He's going to be an all-rookie, whatever. Don't worry about it. Plug him in. And I think that when we talk about where he fits in this defense, like 
where he could fit right next to a lame, of course. But like, I think you could even expand beyond that. Like you could, you could mix fronts suddenly, you know, we've seen the things that Aiden can do as a dropper. Um, You can start doing more with him standing up. You can play Jalen Carter as a heavy end. Oh my God. Like there's so many different things you could do with a, with a guy like that in the middle that can move around and do all the stuff he can do. He's just a, it's as premium as premium defensive talent gets to me um, right now, because that's, Probably the difference. That and we'll get more into the weeds on that down the line. The Carter Anderson difference, but like, if you're just looking for somebody to come in tomorrow and just rock some ass, it's him. <laughs> like, yeah. I don't think there's anybody more equipped to do that in the country. And so somebody, somebody's probably going to get him though. Maybe at three, right? Like, I, it's, I don't know. I don't see him falling outside the top five. Like, no, I don't. I don't see him falling out of the top three. I'm not ruling out the fact that he goes one. I'm really not because I or two. You know, or not ruling out that he yeah. goes above Will because I mean, if if uh, Bryce Young goes one, I don't think it's impossible that some teams are going to have uh, Jalen Carter as number one on their board, and yeah. that would mean you know if you're number two that that would be the situation. So <laughs> yeah, I think we all I think, cool. we, I think I think we all assume Bryce is going one of the Texans, I but they have that so that many needs. Sense. Yeah, it does because they need a quarterback, and you know yeah. they're where they are. But at the same time, like they don't have to. They don't. They really don't. And like they could, nope. like they could really. Lovey is a defensive guy. Yeah. Like their head coach is Lovey Smith. Like he might just be like, yeah, I'm getting Will Anderson. Of course I am. Yeah, I'm getting Jalen Carter. Like why would we pass up one of those generational dudes for a quarterback when we don't necessarily like we can get a second round quarterback if we right. want. You know, I get it. Um, like what do so we before, real quick? What did we just talk about with the Lions? You don't have to. Like they yeah, don't yeah. have to. Davis Mills isn't good, but, like, he is not a disaster, I don't no. think. No. Right? Yeah. Go ahead. Or you could sign a guy just to, like, kind of buy a little bit. They don't have to do it. They don't have to. Because that's a team with so many holes. And, like, if you get a guy, you're committing to him for the next few years. Mm-hmm. And it's the – like, that's – when we talk about building through the trenches and then out, that would be the opposite. You get your rookie quarterback and you give him, like, nothing else to work with, basically, outside of, you know, a couple picks here and there. Um, so, to me – I don't think they have to like. I don't either. It's not. A, it, I guess it's not as done deal as as everyone wants to make it seem. Like that's. I'm not viewing it like that. They could. I would not be surprised if like, Will Anderson won. Um, so I'm not trying to give anyone hope that Bryce falls to three or whatever. But <laughs> I'm saying, like, if 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 a guy like Jalen Car- Jalen Carter's there at three for the Lions, like, I think you take him. Um, yeah. You worry about the quarterback later. That's yes. That's uh, just my opinion. That would be. Uh, you know, and that's going to be something now that people will look at and be like, "Oh, we could just get Carter." And it's well, you got to be in the top three, so everyone yeah. needs to understand that. And like, some things need to happen for that. Yeah, move, they change so. Oh much. my god! They, yeah, they change so much. Like we just saw the Rams go from six to three. We do uh, the um, Austin Mock and I do the updated projected draft chart every week, and yeah. it is a wild scene. Like, <laughs> like how crazy it changes. I mean, and so Austin does the. He has win projections, like, through his uh, computer program that he runs through the whole thing. And, like, that changes. And that's pretty fascinating to watch, too, as, you know, teams' fortunes kind of come and go. But, like, just the the basic, like, if we drafted today, that thing, like, the one that isn't projecting anything. It's like if the season ended today and we drafted tomorrow, this is what the order would be. That thing changes, like, freaking all the time. Like, every week, it's like all over the place. So we're still like at a point. I feel like we're still probably three weeks away, maybe, from maybe totally settling where this is gonna be. Uh, but the next time we do it, like the 2.0 mock draft, I feel like we'll have a really good idea of where, realistically, the range of what these two picks are gonna be. And then I think we can really give a good picture of where we'll be at. I'm looking at uh, Tankathon right now, and I'm looking <laughs> at the the, the, history the of draft Tank. order yeah. right now. And so the Bears are at number two. Yeah. Um, they are a game behind Houston, I guess, is what it's saying. Right. Uh, from the two, the difference between two where the Bears are and thirteen where the Lions are is a game and a half. Right. It's nothing. A game and a half. There are all those teams are separated by like there's tiebreakers, inches, and all this tiebreakers and yeah. all that stuff. So this could look very different. A <laughs> week from now, it usually goes now, to the wire. Three yeah, weeks from like, now. So don't get too like caught no. up in oh the the Rams pick is gonna be three. I get it because Aaron Donald's out. Stafford's not playing again. Like those, it's you know, kind of a mess. Cup and yeah. Robinson are out. I get it, but I don't know, man. There's like, still a veteran club with guys that know how to win. So like that's yep. why I'm not 
all the way on, like, I don't think it's going to be outside the top five. Because it looks really bad. You never know. Uh, And you might have even more guys be like, I'm not... I'm not doing this. Like, you know, yeah. and, and like, I think like if McVay's talking about shutting guys down and just giving rookies a chance to see what yeah. they've got for down the, down the line, then yeah, you could probably chalk that up. But like the only other team that we can look at and say like, they're going nowhere, it, you know, they're going to be picking number one probably is Houston. Houston. Yeah. I mean, they're probably not winning. I don't see many more wins on the schedule for them. Um, no. And they've got a the little bit of a cushion now. Right. Uh, the other one was Carolina. That I've looked at, and I was like, they're going absolutely nowhere. But they, you know, but they just proved me wrong, and they got to win against a hilarious Broncos team last week. <laughs> oh Broncos, my God! Broncos are at four, and that pick's going to Seattle. So. Yeah, yeah, that's not. Don't worry about the Broncos, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, uh, yeah that. So Carolina, maybe they're gonna churn some out. They they kept some young guys. They like their coach right now. He's in an interim situation, so maybe he's trying to win. Yeah, so maybe they'll churn out a couple wins. Um, and suddenly, I looked at that and I was like, "Well, maybe that that could be different too." I don't know how this is gonna like. Usually, we're yeah, we're still a couple weeks away from really having a projection on probably where this is gonna fall. I think um, with the, the Lions range. do have a the Lions do have a lot of games left against teams like where their pick is at thirteen. They have a lot of games left against teams that are ahead of them, like right. in the draft order. They got Chicago, um, they've got Green Bay, they've got Jacksonville, they've got Carolina. So, yeah, those games are probably going to determine some of the order to an extent. But, yeah, absolutely. So. And uh, and I th- I think that there's a lot of those left, and we'll see in these next couple of weeks have a probably better idea. Last thing I want to talk about today before we wrap up, um, Jamison Williams back on the practice field. Uh, you and I have a story that's running Friday on Jameson. Yeah. So actually, by the time this podcast comes out around then, around then you'll you'll have that up. We get into the weeds on what he is as a player, all that sort of thing. What maybe how he could fit in the offense, but just the basic stuff here. Uh, the update. So he was back on the field. You, I guess, you walk us through the whole thing. How? What's the timeline? And, and where's he at right now? And what's going on? Yeah, we didn't. So he was designated to return. Um, Last week, mm-hmm. which was actually kind of a surprise to me because Campbell had been saying probably after Thanksgiving. Oh, okay. Um, but they activated him, or not activated, but they designated, designated him to return him. a week earlier than we thought. So he was out there at practice uh, last week. We didn't really get to see him just because they those practices were closed in a short week. Oh, right. Yeah. Um, but he was out there running around, and Campbell said, you know, that's what he can do. He can run. He <laughs> yeah, he's right fast. Yeah. Yep. Uh, so yesterday, Wednesday, was the first day where we kind of got to see him up close. And um, I was just kind of following him around. We only got 15 minutes. So mm-hmm. I was just like, I'm just going to focus on J-Mo today. Mm-hmm. And he's going through some of these drills. He wasn't, like, in everything. Um, they had some drills where you, like, run through the practice yep. dummies and stuff. Mm-hmm. He, I guess they were trying to save his contact a little bit. So they, he wasn't really participating in that. But I did see him hop in the wide receiver line. Um, they had some drills where I think... You have one receiver and you have a, a back end receiver trying to like catch, catch his hip. So I think it's a simulation yep. of like a DB yep. running downfield with you. And JMO was just like outrunning these dudes. <laughs> <laughs> no one oh, could catch him. Man. No one could like get his hip at all. I was just like, yep. I tweeted that video. So he's just like created some separation. And I know so he's running fine, is what you're he saying. He looks very fast. Okay. He looks that's good. as advertised. Um, he was kind of like half-assing some of the wide receiver drills where he's catching them and just kind of slowly turning up field. But and then they kicked us out. But in terms of what I saw, like so the the short bursts of what I saw, like mm-hmm. he looks fast. He looks at the it, he looks like a player that at the very least can go out and give you ten snaps right. and just running go routes all day. Yeah, right. If you Which want is to do might that. be what he does for a minute here. I don't have they said anything. I don't. I don't think it's like a secret. Said, but yeah, about the target date. Campbell said it would probably take a lot for him to play this week. Um, this week, yeah. Against the Jaguars. So I would expect him to make his debut against the Vikings. Maybe maybe he looks good the next couple of days and they're like, you know what? You're ready. You can get That's fair. Yeah. Um, but if not that, I would expect him to play against the Vikings. But important to note that they are going to play him this year. I mean, he they is are. going yeah. to play this season. And I think that the one thing I wanted to touch on here was how important I think that that is. Um for a couple reasons. Number one, uh, it was a goal they gave him, I think, in the summer. I think it was, we, we want you to play this season. 
and you want to play this season badly, right? Like, we all know that. He was a guy, he was dying to get on the field. And so I think it was like, we want you to have something to work toward, and that's what we're going to do. And so no matter what happens, you're getting out there and you're playing. That's if you're healthy and, you know, we owe you that. But also, he needs to get out there to get to not, because he's not, you know, he hasn't played football in a year, right? Yeah. He's going to have to knock the rust off. You're going to be able to control some of that. And like you just said, you know, control some of the drills that he's being exposed to early and all that, get him acclimated with the contact. And let him go out there and just not have to worry about being a first-round pick, being whatever, and basically have, like, as much of a rookie experience as he can on the field in the next month so he doesn't have to do it next year as much. As much, I'll say. Uh, yep. Because next year, this offseason, you, what you want here, I feel like, is you want to get him in, let him go out there, run around for a couple games, make some plays. Who cares if he catches a whatever? But then, you know, when the season ends, you want him like, okay, man, like, go at it. Like, you want him to then be in the, you know, in the yes. gym, in the whatever, getting ready, and then ready to remind everyone who you are. Like, that's the offseason that you want Jamison Williams motivated to have. And I think that they're in a really good spot to have that if everything keeps going the way that it should. But it was important because people asked us that, right? Like, why would you play him this year? What's the point of that? I'm like, well, there's a lot of points, you know, to play him. And I think if he was the type of guy that didn't matter, I would say maybe it's a different deal. But personality-wise, they learned very quickly with him. Like, he is not... He is getting stir crazy. He was getting stir crazy on like day two. Like he needs to have something to do, you know. And, yeah, and I think that, that was important that fo- for him. carrying that football around. Yeah, yeah. right. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> like I never really understood the people questioning if he would play this year because every time we asked Dan Campbell, mm-hmm. he'd be like, "Yeah, I mean, he might need a little bit more time, but we expect him to play." And yeah, then right. just because the date kept getting pushed back, and some people thought he would return by like the bye week, and that always seemed like. Really yeah. optimistic and aggressive right. timeline. Like, he tours ACL in, what, January? Something so, like that, yeah. Um, like, I always thought that was sort of a long shot to come back midseason. But Campbell would always tell us, like, no, he's going to play. We expect him to play. Mm-hmm. And there's still some people that were like, he's not playing. Like, what a waste <laughs> of a pick. Brad Holmes did it again, drafting these injured did players. Did it again. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, oh, now I'm like, all right, those same people, I want you to come forward. Because if <sighs> he gets on the field and he looks oh, yeah. like the player that we expect him to be, even if it's in a limited, limited like one snap, time, so limited yeah, right. like you're gonna be like, okay, I see it now. Yeah, I'm sorry. Right. <laughs> like, you guys, you guys might might owe uh, Brad Holmes an apology for that. Yeah. But um, yeah. You know, he's he's looked good in practice, so I think it's a matter of time. I wrote in my midseason predictions or second half predictions um, that Jameson will come back and he'll look like the player that they drafted him to be. And that's not to say he's gonna go off for 140 yeah. yards and two touchdowns. Right. But if he's out there. And he's taking a slant like thirty yards, you know, here and there, or you know, he's catching a long pass, or you see him getting open, you mm-hmm. see him creating separation. You know, that would be that. That was part of my prediction. I think he'll do that in these final, however many games, five, four, yeah, whenever he gets out there. Um, and if you if you do get that, and you do see that, that'll set him up for next year. You can put him out, plug him as a starter, and say, all right, go do your thing. Like develop the chemistry with the quarterback this offseason. Um, you know, work with us, stay by the facility. We'll get yeah. the most out of you and take I, off next year. It's just, I mean, yeah, right. Move in with St. Brown or whatever. Yeah. Right? Just go live yeah. with him. I mean, like, it's such a good, it was such a good fit. Um, it was a good pick. It was a good swing. And it was one that, and we talked about at the time, caught us a little off guard because we thought if they're going to move up, it was going to be for, you know, a corner. But when they did it, it was like, well, I can't, you, you can't hate it. Because healthy, he was the best receiver in the class. I think anybody who really knows the game understands that that second-level acceleration of his is a different deal. So mm-hmm. we'll see. We'll see how it all looks. And we wrote about it tomorrow. You can check it out on The Athletic. Maybe next week we'll talk more about that. But uh, before any of that happens, it'll be uh, Lions, Jags. I don't know how many people are going to be there. <laughs> <Golden>. <laughs> but I am going to try to get there. Because I had this one circled. I think this could be an interesting game. Uh, we got anything else this week, Colton, for the folks before we get out of here? Uh, no, I think we're all good. All good. Just keep, we'll stay on Jamal Watch here for you We guys. will stay on Jamal Watch for the next couple weeks. Who knows? Maybe he'll be out there on Sunday. Probably not. Uh, but if he is, we'll take credit for that too. But in any event, <laughs> for Colton, I'm Nick. Thanks for listening. We'll talk to you guys later. Hey, hey. 
Hey, football fans, this is Diana Rossini from The Athletic. Get the top stories in pro football snapped directly to your inbox with our latest NFL newsletter, Scoop City. Jacob Robinson and I will bring you the daily scoop of top NFL articles, posts, and podcasts every Monday to Friday. Sign up for free now at theathletic.com backslash scoop.